This is Y-Tune Shuffle. Y-Tune Shuffle, it's the music that informs our lives. The rules here are that there are no rules other than just bring in your music, mm. hit play. We and then we a... get to pick your brain about why they saw. One Christmas morning at 8.30, I got a call. It was Henley wishing me a Merry Christmas. Mm. I thought, you know, that's sweet. You know, anyone that wants to take time out of the day, because we're talking people that know millions of people. Welcome to Y-Tune Shuffle, a celebration of the music that inspires our lives. With your hosts, comedian and radio personality, Maggie Mayfield, and Hollywood's secret weapon, David Earl Waterman. This is Y-Tune Shuffle. I'm your host, Maggie Mayfield, with Hollywood's secret weapon, as always, David Earl Waterman. That's who I am. <laughs> Congratulations. Today, what I am. I'm very excited to have Natasha Pearl Hansen in studio. Yeah. Thank I'm excited for, to be here. You are quite amazing. You're verified on Twitter, first of all, which I think is like the coolest <laughs> thing ever. The little blue check mark. Verified by who? Because I'm on Twitter, but I have no idea. Am I verified? Do you have a blue check mark next to your name? I don't even know where I'd find it. <laughs> But verified means what? Like an FBI background check? Or... Yes. Oh, okay. She has perfect credit. Oh, so uh, it's a real thing. No. It, it's not anything to do with credit. Um, no, I don't know. <laughs> Here we go. Basically, it means that Maybe you Maybe credits. I don't know. But um, t- it's funny because like it's nothing different. You know, you just like, have it. I'm the same. I, just, I got it and I was in the middle of an event. I got the email and I was like, oh, cool. And then nothing changed. So it's just funny. <laughs> Except now when you talk about stuff on Twitter, you directly affect what's trending. Well, that helps. And other verified people follow you really quick. Oh. So I have like this huge network of really cool people that She's I now like, connect with changed, all the time. But Brad Pitt is now my fan. <laughs> wow. No, I'm he's he believes everything I'm just gonna say. <laughs> I'm just gonna say everything Which that is, I want. You know, yeah. not usually the usually I'm the I one hope you're one yeah. of the people that believes everything and also spreads the rumors because then we'll, we'll just make some really positive rumors start today. Done and done. <laughs> done but and done. yeah, I mean people put so much weight on that kind of stuff right. and I'm just like but and not on Instagram. I'm you know, so it's like one you get like one channel, <laughs> you know, until you're Brad Pitt and then you can have yeah. all the channels, but then you don't even have to have Instagram because people are just like, mm. you're Brad Pitt. So <laughs> Natasha is pretty amazing. You have quite actually quite a few credits. You have your own IMDb page, worked on a couple movies, stand up comedian also. Yeah. So I do. Comedy is my lane. Mm-hmm. That's how I like to describe it. I've been in comedy for 11 years. Right. Good chunk of those professionally, quote unquote. I mean, if you consider being paid, but I, I consider like my time in L.A. being a professional comedian yeah. more so. But yeah, I have a production company, so I produce, I write and pitch my own shows. I'm an actress as well. But stand up comedy is first. Mm-hmm. That's what I put first. And then everything else kind of stems off from that. And where did you start? Chicago. Is that Chicago. Where- That's not where you're from, though, is it? I'm from Wisconsin. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Which part? Um, Stoughton. 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 Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ufta. It's uh, near Madison. It's right. Okay. So it's one of the, like, the tertiary cities surrounding Madison. Mm-hmm. It's, what's uh, the big business there? What's it? What's the industry? In in Stoughton? In Stoughton. Like, growing uh, up. Like, it's what, what, so what? funny that you're asking me now because I was just there last weekend. Oh. I don't go home that often. I mean, I go back to the Midwest as often as I can. Like, I say yes to any shows that I can do in Chicago. Mm-hmm. My family's all around there. So I perform in Madison at least, like, once or twice a year. So it's good because I get to reconnect with all my friends and my family there. But I went home for fun last weekend because Stoughton, well, A, we have the Ortega factory. The Ortega It smells chips? like shit. Can I say that? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. I, it's, it's like the worst smelling. I'm like, how does how do you make food? That's really scary. Wait, Ortega, is that salsa? Or... It's like taco mix and oh, whatnot. That's right. I don't, In Wisconsin. Yeah. I don't know why it's there, of all things. And we have Stoughton Trailers, which is a huge trucking company. So like you see oh, our cool. trailers all over the place. Wow. Oh, okay. There's actually two kind of large things. I don't know if Ortega's like, I don't know if that's the mothership in Stoughton. I can't imagine that it is, but it's a pretty damn big factory. So. Well, it makes complete sense that trucking and mass food production would result right? in a young woman pursuing theater. It's the mob. It's for sure like <laughs> mob owned because the mob owns things like that. But yeah, last weekend we were there. My town is in a region settler's town. Mm-hmm. So we had to learn a lot of like Norwegian growing up. For example. Yeah, I remember all the folk songs and like Perspelman, Han Hada, Einanistaku, Hambigdaborku, Fekfela, EN. You must kill it at Oktoberfest. Dude, I don't know how I remember stuff, but I like, I remember all the words to everything I've ever learned ever. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. That's, that's helpful, I'm sure. It is because I'll like anything I have to memorize, I'll like make it into a song in my head and then you I'll. You don't do your notes on stage. You don't refer to your notes for comedy. It depends. I mean, it depends on the type of show. If I'm headlining, generally I try not to because it takes away from the moment. But I mean, if I'm doing a small show and I'm doing kind of trying out new material, Mm -hmm. sometimes I'll take notes up. It just depends. You know, depends on the type of show. But we they have Setnamai once a year, which is a Norwegian Independence Day. Oh, and I was there last weekend as a reunion with a bunch of my closest friends, and that's where I got proposed to. Congratulations. Congratulations. This just happened last week? Yeah, Saturday. So a week ago today. Let's see Mm -hmm. the ring. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're going to fall to the bottom of the ocean, girlfriend. Yeah, right? Who's the lucky person? His name's Justin. Justin. And uh, we've been, we went on our first date 10 years ago in Chicago. And we started dating six years ago almost when I moved to LA. So we've known each other for a really long time. And so you so, guys you guys were responsible, moved slowly. Well, we lived in the... different cities the first four years, so it was super easy. We were just really good friends and like, you know, more than friends, but <laughs> we don't need to go there. But yeah, so it was like one of those, I don't know, just I already knew him. I trusted him. I know yeah. his family. So mm-hmm. it was like, you know, I knew he didn't suck. And then when I moved to, <laughs> to LA... When I moved to LA, and I was like, "Is that what it takes?" I, I, yeah, I, I could speed through it some of these dates. It should be that simple. On. It shouldn't be like a list of qualities. I was just like, "This guy's awesome." I didn't, I didn't ever have like a list of shit. What yeah. do you guys do for fun? Beer would probably be at the top mm-hmm. of the list. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I really enjoy <laughs> beer. Uh, <laughs> we do a lot of outdoor stuff. We do martial arts, Muay Thai. So we took that up like a little over a year ago. Is that closer like Tai Chi, where it's very slow and controlled, or more um, like Muay Thai? Like... Muay Thai is like kickboxing, Thai? but eight point. It's martial okay. martial arts version of kickboxing, I mm-hmm. guess. Is um, big in Thailand, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Thai style kickboxing. Mm-hmm. So kickboxing American has four points, and um, Muay Thai uses eight points. So you actually include the elbows and the knees as well. That's so badass. I so still cool. do the pinch, scratch, and slap fighting that's <laughs> pretty much how anybody fights i'm sure if shit goes down like they're like pinch slap <laughs> and then i scream like i'll scream and cover my face and yeah i come out on top just take your earrings off first that's yeah right. mm-hmm. <laughs> and most people when they curl up into a ball i think the attacker starts to feel kind of bad i mean i would hope so if you're just like in a ball in the well, one would hope <laughs> that would just, i would hope the attacker would be like quit okay, it. okay quit i don't it. have to worry about this guy <laughs> quit it <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh my God! It's a so, great what made you decide to move to LA? 
when I started in Chicago, I had I was friends with another comedian who was a, a steward. I don't know what they're called if they're a man. Attendant. Flight attendant. <laughs> Flight yeah. attendant. Yeah. Uh-huh. attendant. And uh and a pilot. And so I was lucky enough to be able to use a lot of passes from friends yeah. to fly to New York and L.A. Wow. And checked out both scenes for like years mm-hmm. before I moved. So I had a good read and I, I knew L.A. had the, the industry, the film business, and I, I wanted to go into the business side of things as well, more than just, you know, relying on being on stage. And so that was did you an do easy that? choice did you, for me. Did you go into film business? To what, what, like well, you're a producer. I, yeah, I have a production company. I mean, it's like really small. It's not like I own Fox oh, or I something. Right. Okay, okay. <laughs> but yeah. it's because I really enjoy the business side of entertainment as well mm-hmm. and being well-rounded and knowing how to actually generate money and have income streams in this business so so basically you get to make cool stuff yeah i mean that's the goal Uh uh-huh yeah and we're we're in the process of doing some really cool stuff but in the is it more like sketch based or movies or um a lot of teasers and stuff Mm -hmm. i mean it just helps us be able to pitch things um pilots that we've shot some have been terrible and some have been really great but it's great because we have the ability to do that and you and Justin do that together. My partner is is named Q, but okay. we all work together a lot. In Wait, Michael capacities. Q? No, oh, not okay. Michael Q. Oh, okay. His first name's Q, oh, but okay. Michael Q is great. Yeah, I love he's Michael. So, funny. <laughs> so good. Yeah, so it's just kind of just making sure that we don't have to rely on other people to do things, and we're in the pre-production of a couple films, and yeah. So just, wow, busy. Yeah. Well, shall we get to music? Sure. Here we yes. go. This is it. Well, what do you know? Do you know this song? I know the style. It's what I love. Say it's only a paper moon Sailing over a cardboard sea But it wouldn't be make-believe If you believed in me Nice. That's very nice. Now you revealed to us downstairs that in traffic you only listen to classical. I know this isn't traditional classical, but is this the kind of thing that you'd be jamming out to in traffic? Uh, no, I listen to actual classical like Beethoven and Mozart, e. Mozart yeah, okay. in, in traffic. Mm-hmm. Like I listen to only classical basically when I'm driving. Um, well, this is Ella Fitzgerald, yeah. the Paper Moon. Why this song? Why did you pick this as your number one? So this, there was another version of this that um, I love to listen to. It's with the Delta Rhythm Boys. But this was, so my grandfather in Chicago, most people wouldn't know this by looking at me, but my grandmother is white, my grandfather is black. Well, so, what do you know? Mm-hmm. So they met because my grandma was very involved in civil rights back in the first movement. That's correct. I mean, you know, the original movement. And uh, she would march in all the parades and she was singing at jazz clubs as a lounge singer. And my grandfather is a jazz pianist. He's one of like the founding jazz musicians in Chicago. Wow. So what's it, what's, what are their names? His name's A.C. Bats and my grandma's Mo Weathers. They met in that scene and my grandfather has been a jazz musician ever since. He's had that as his full-time career and he now teaches in Arkansas. And this was the first song he taught me to play as a kid on, on piano? the piano. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's great. So, yeah. And this song, this song and Stairway to Heaven, he taught me how to play. My mom didn't like Stairway to Heaven because she just thought... That was uh, a little bit too ungodly. When I was younger, my mom was more like, you can't listen to unchristian stuff. And now she's just like, loves drinking. So she's it's like, great. <laughs> she's, she, you know, yeah. parents with young daughters, they just think that they're supposed to do one thing. So it was funny. But this was a song I was allowed to play and sing because it was uh, harmless. <laughs> do you still play? 
I used to only play by ear. I played other instruments later in life, but I never stuck with a piano, but I can play by ear pretty well still. So you went to Grandma and Grandpa's house in Chicago, like as a young kid, brothers and sisters, or just you? Just me. You're an only child. Mm -hmm. What was it like at Grandma and Grandpa's house? My grandparents divorced before I was born and got remarried. So I had two sets of grandparents, (laughs) right? (laughs) So I had my grandpa and his wife, my Polish grandma, in one house in Chicago, and then my other grandparents were in North Carolina. So I had like two different... Okay. Um, I guess I'm asking about the musician grandfather. Oh, yeah. Did you spend a lot of time in that house? Oh, yes. And he he had all his keyboards and his yellow like panel van truck, and he would drive (laughs) to all these gigs. It was cool because my mom, as a kid growing up, would have to go with him to a lot of his gigs and Uh hang out in the jazz clubs. And she kind of passed down a lot of stuff to me as far as music. My mom's an incredible singer. And... I used to think I wanted to go into the music business when I was younger, but hmm. they both kind of steered me away from that. What were their words of wisdom? Well, my <laughs> my grandpa just basically it was like, stay away from the booze and the whores, you know, like. <laughs> Good advice. Good advice. <laughs> but Wish I had scene. him as a grandfather. <laughs> And it is so funny because I ended up going into comedy, which is like the same thing yeah. on a different plane. But uh, the stories that I would hear and listening to him tell stories, like he's the funniest storyteller in the world because he doesn't finish a full sentence because he starts laughing so hard. Uh-huh. So he'll be in the middle of a story and he'll be like, oh, and this one time, <laughs> and then he came over and, <laughs> and he's got that like deep musician laugh and like really fat fingers. And it's just like, my grandpa's just a really cool dude. <laughs> and, then, and then you go to South Carolina, North Carolina. North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And what was that grandparents' house like? Well, my grandma on my grandma is my like closest friend. We talk four times a day. Your, da- your dad's mom. My mom's mom. Your mom's mom. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is both on my mom's side. Okay. It's it's cool. I helped her write her memoir last year, and we put it on Amazon. I surprised wow. her and put it on Amazon, and did like a book launch party in LA for her. And oh my gosh, did um, she come out for that? Yeah, she flew out. Uh-huh. Wow! And it was all a surprise. I'm really close with my grandma. She and I are best buds, and so her stories of like what that whole life was like are really it's really cool because it was just a time. And it was a time where interracial couples weren't really accepted. It's strange to hear them tell stories about when there was still like segregation. It wasn't okay to date this person or that person. And my mom's second husband was a wasn't black that guy. long ago, and we're still dealing with that stuff. Totally. I mean, my mom's second husband, my stepdad, was a black guy. Mm-hmm. And he since passed away. And I wrote a script called "Mom Married a Black Guy," mm-hmm. and he had three kids of his own. So I love hearing this this type of thing. Yeah. And, uh, and your dad's parents, they were Caucasian. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, straight up farm Norwegian Danish descendants. In your neighborhood, in your town. Mm-hmm. That's where they lived. Yeah, so I grew up where my dad is from, mm-hmm. and uh, I farmed my whole life. You did? Mm hmm. Farmed like animal farmed or farm like corn? Tobacco when I was nine. Nice. Um, moved on to corn and produce when I was 13. And then... Not on the family farm. Like you worked at other... Other farms okay. in the neighborhood. Yeah, but yeah. tobacco was on my family farm. Right. My grandpa's farm. I didn't um, know Wisconsin grew tobacco. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. That's what this country oh, was yeah. founded on. Well, for <laughs> sure. But I didn't know Wisconsin was tobacco. Yeah. Country. I don't know if they have much of it anymore. Okay. I'm sure it's gone downhill since... This was in the time when... People were like just chewing wads of tobacco. Like sure. my grandpa would just like put wads of it in his mouth. Yeah. So I mean, just it's just interesting. Like the two different sides of my family are just like wildly different. Yeah. You know, but paper moon. Yeah, ah. paper moon. <laughs> so Song number two. Sure. Hi. 
Do you recognize it, David? Yeah, totally. Oh, it's my favorite song. I'm experiencing this for the first time. No way. Mm-hmm. Oh, Shocker Khan is my favorite. party in here. It is a dance party. A Y-Tune shuffle. Do it. Do the Y-Tune shuffle. As usual. <laughs> There's got to be a story behind this. Yeah. There is. So when I was little for a while, we lived in North Carolina and my family went to an all black Pentecostal church, but it was like all day church, right? Uh-huh. So when we moved away from North Carolina and I started kind of re-meeting my family on the south side of Chicago, everybody was like super happy that we had been a part of like, you know, we had, we had come from a place where like we understood soul. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Absolutely. And I, as a kid, I would go back from church and line up my stuffed animals and like preach like a black pastor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Talking into the hairbrush? Did you have a microphone? Yeah, just like, yeah. and the Lord said, huh, you know, like, <laughs> we got to love one another. Mm-hmm. Huh. My mm-hmm. mom said, if only there was video cameras at that time, but there wasn't because we're old. It was like this soul type of thing. And then when I got old enough, when I was like closer to 10 is when I learned how to step. What do you mean? Step in. Dancing. It's a dance. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is the lo- the song I learned how to step to. Nice. Yeah. It's basically like a, an urban version of kind of the same. I used to teach dance. So it'd be like the same steps as like a samba. Okay. But it's like an urban version of that. I mean, it would line is would, really cool. Yeah, because I mean, step crews, I remember from the early 80s and I was off to college and some of the fraternities had step teams or, you know, and I. Yeah, there's kind of there's all sorts of different types of dance that I was drawn to as a young kid. But my uncle is the one, my uncle Craig is the one that taught me how to do actually like like how to step. But you do it as a group, right? If you're step, if you're doing a step dance, there's everyone else is doing the same. Um, it's not the same as like a stump or like what you're you're thinking okay. of. Um Going stepping is it's a two person dance. Okay. It can get it can get like gritty, but when you're a kid, obviously nobody teaches you that part of it. So <laughs> like you're doing, you know, they're not like grinding on you and you're ten right. and you're yeah. like, what's happening? My leg. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was just really cool. I remember this song and it's been one of my favorite. Like this song, every time it comes on, I'm just like a super happy. Uh-huh. You could put this on in the worst mood and I'd be like, yeah, because yeah. it just makes me think of like this. This is a chest exploder. Happy Inside, yeah, heart, for me, it yeah. feels like a yeah. cool like melding of my family. And how mine. interesting though! Like, but you learned to step when you were in Chicago, mm-hmm. and they were excited that you understood soul. So you brought part of that with you to Chicago. Yeah, because I come from like you know it was when I was born near the Chicago area. Mm-hmm. My grandfather didn't get to like spend that time with me. Those first from age two to seven, and we lived in North Carolina. So coming back and the fact that we had been in a church like that, they were like, this is great because at least we weren't like stiff. You know what I mean? Sure. So I don't know. It was just kind of cool that I had come from one side of it to another. Mm-hmm. How interesting they thought that North Carolina, you would be stiff living there. Well, it's not exactly a very open. It's a South, I see. you know, okay. and it was still in the mid 80s. So it was mm-hmm. like 
if we had been a part of a different type of community, I think they would have been like, oh, we got to loosen these people up a I mean, little bit more. When my mom brought Bill and his kids over to meet my siblings and I the first time, we were very young, like three, four years old. I was like, oh, it's a black guy. And it kind of registered, but it didn't. It wasn't until my grandparents got involved and began to sort of you know, bring the race card into the whole type thing. But yeah, I mean, yeah, there we had similar conversations growing up, but, but it wasn't so frank. It was like, I think my stepdad and my mom wanted to try to normalize stuff. Yeah. And try to st- avoid celebrating. Like it sounds like you got to celebrate some of these differences. Well, yeah. Where we kind of, let's all be normal. Let's all act like nothing's happening here, you know? Yeah. yeah. And like for me, it was just because I grew up around everybody. My my family is like multicolored. And so mm-hmm. it's like for me, it was just nice to come from because the in Chicago, it's my blood grandfather. But in North Carolina, it was my non-blood grandfather. Step. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But right. they were both black families. So it's cool. like I came from one to another and then go from there to like living in an all white community because it just balanced me very nicely. Did kids know in school? They did come sixth grade because my grandfather was in the movie Adventures in Babysitting. Oh, my God. And they played that scene in one of our music workshops. Ain't nobody leaving this place without singing the blues uh-huh. sing. And my grandpa was on the keys in that scene. So they played that, and I was like, that's my grandpa. And everybody was like, you're lying. And I was like, no, for real, that's my grandpa. And I had to, like, bring pictures to school, and they were like, oh, my God, your grandpa's a black guy. Like, nobody, because I'm, I, I talk about it in my stand-up, but I just look like a tan white bitch. So, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, that's nobody exactly would. That's exactly what I said when I saw you. Like, here comes a tan white bitch. So <laughs> I'm, every day people are like, oh, you have a tan. And I'm like, this is just my color. Oh, my God. So my grandpa was in that film, and then. Uh, <laughs> that's amazing. How do you get in the but, film? He because he was such a, a oh, renowned just, jazz player. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. yeah, music, so they just yeah. asked like some of the big guys to, from Chicago to like be yeah. in that scene, and he was one of them. But kids, they they didn't care. It was just kind of like no, whatever. nobody cared. It cool. wasn't it wasn't like that. I mean, we didn't have a lot of race in my school yet. We had like one black family, like two Asian foreign exchange students. It wasn't very. It, we didn't have a lot of color in my school growing up. Sure. But now when I go back to Stoughton. It's better and better and better. It's one of those things that I'm glad we had a very progressive mindset as it, you know, all of our class and classes got along with each other. So I don't think people really cared. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't feel like that. Good. Yeah. Good kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was good kids. Ready for song number And that's the story behind it. Oh, no. Um, So who who is it? I I don't know. I can't catch it. It's K7 and the Swing Kids. Oh, K7 and the Swing Kids. This was that whole era where I was in, like, roughly third grade when this song came out. Mm Mm-hmm. I was in dance. I started in dance when I was, like, five. And all of my dances were, like, 
pretty tame until this one. And parents <laughs> went into an uproar over this song because we danced to this and it was like kind of dirty. Uh-huh. And it was like really fun though. Our choreography was really cool. I remember we had bats and everything, but it was, yeah. We and my friends had made up a dance to like Queen of the Night, which was also around out around that time. Like uh-huh. Whitney Houston, remember that? Yeah. Uh-huh. We did it on rollerblades. Like we did all these. Um, and then like the mask came out. Like whenever the mask came out, yes. and all these types of songs yes. were in it. And I was obsessed with that entire soundtrack. Like yes. I still listen to a lot of those songs because it like came and went. That whole like big band swing era. I don't right, know what. Night. Right. Happened with all that. But yeah, this song offended my parents. And the same year, like another girl in the dance company danced a solo to Black Velvet. So all the parents were like, you're making all these kids sexual. <laughs> like it was. Now, I just imagine. It was the like, funniest thing. <laughs> is this just like in the high school gym where you're putting on? Yes. Like- performances for rallies or something yeah it was uh we didn't have dance in our school okay so they didn't start doing palms until like i was older and nobody liked the cheerleading (laughs) situation at our school so dance was a whole separate venue it was a stoughton center performing arts cool but there was a couple different times that like we as kids would be super excited about a song and the parents would be like why are you letting our kids dance like that? But, like, it wasn't even bad, but, you know, it was Stoughton, Wisconsin, and, like, uh-huh. when your kids are still your precious children, and yeah, they dance tough... to the first, like, kind of dirty song. <laughs> like, they're saying, come, baby, come, baby. Yeah. Like, yeah. You it's know. fine. It's fine, Mom. Yeah. yeah. She's it's... like, do you know what they're singing about? I'm like, should I? I don't know. It's just a fun song. <laughs> and it's but... age old, I mean, with, with popular music. I don't know about classical music, like Bach and Beethoven. And those guys were crazy and wild themselves, but... Yeah. I mean, even the sort of. David knew them personally. (laughs) We used to hang out. With a swing kid. That really dates you, you know, because all I think of is just like all these Midwest moms like freaking out every time I hear it. No, no, it's it's too much. It's not appropriate. So, how did you get into dance? I was always a performer. Dance, they tried to put me in tumbling when I was young, and I just was kind of tall and lanky from the get go. And so they were like, well, dance will be good (laughs) for her. Did you explore all of it, like ballet? They started me off in ballet and tap, Mm -hmm. and then later I found jazz, and then I found that ballet, I I just didn't appear very graceful. Mm -hmm. I'm just not a super graceful person. I'm more like choppy. Mm -hmm. So uh, you can move, you have control, but it's not... Yeah, and no, I didn't. And I didn't love ballet. Like I, mm-hmm. I did point for a lot of years, and your feet—it just kills your feet. And I'm pretty good about telling myself when I suck at something. So I just didn't I'm think I looked that. good. Because <laughs> I, I, I didn't do any arts in middle school or high school. I did sports uh-huh. and B football. Like my dad didn't put us in Pee Wee or Kiwanis mm-hmm. or Babe Ruth. He was like, when you get to middle school, well, you can play. And I'm wondering. Did you have bullies? Was there like a competition thing? I mean, because I, I knew I sucked because people said, you suck, Waterman. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't have to, I, you know, I kind of, I got help. How did you know? You know, it wasn't, maybe, I I honestly like have never focused on mean people. So she I just, was the cool one. I, never, I just can't yeah. even remember if somebody was, like I, I just would have not stuck. It doesn't stick with me. It was kind of cool because the lady who owned the dance center her sons were in dance too but they were also like really cool kids Mm -hmm. so they made it okay for guys to be in dance so there was a couple of our guy friends that were in the dance program and it was uh one of my closest guy friends growing up Ricky was in dance with us so like these guys would do 
a bunch of stuff too and it'd be like integrated and it's nice yeah it was cool yeah. and i wasn't really it's funny because i'm like super athletic but i'm not great at sports I'm not. I didn't play softball. Mm-hmm. I tried to play track, but I cu- I couldn't really do. I did hurdles. But that was the only thing I was kind of decent at, and I was okay at volleyball. But I I wasn't good enough to like make varsity. I was on JV, and then I quit volleyball. Dance was always kind of my thing, where it was just kind of your own mm-hmm. bubble to be in. And if you were good at it, then you'd look good on stage. And if you weren't good at it, you wouldn't look good on stage. Like that was just <laughs> yeah. what it came down to. How interesting. I mean, I feel like we're about the same age, early mm-hmm. early 30s. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we grew up in a time where it wasn't so important to have a million extracurricular activities. It wasn't. Yet. Yeah. It's not until like kids now, like kids that are going to prom now, like they're oversaturated with stuff to do and kind of like missed out on a childhood. Do you yeah. feel like... Because it sounds like you did a lot of stuff. Did you get a chance to go run outside and like... Oh, my God. I got a million drinking tickets before I was 21. <laughs> oh, yeah. MIPs, minor in possession? Oh, yes. I love those. Oh, my God. I We had the most fun. I don't know what drinking it's... tickets. I don't know what it's been about my life. My friends are just so awesome. From day one, I just have these really great friends in my life. Yeah. And we have balanced our lives really well. I did a lot of stuff that I wanted to do, like dance. I was really good in school. And then I partied. <laughs> and did you, did I balanced like, all those things. Did you do bonfires? Yep. Drinking in cornfields. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hmm. A lot of that. Or it's like, not like parents went out of town? Oh, that too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Some days, like, you would, we'd walk around in a group before we even had cars. We'd walk around in this, like, group of 30. Uh-huh. One person would be on a bicycle, but, like, for no reason, because they'd have to r- bike really slow to, like, <laughs> go the same speed as everybody else and it was like the, just this amoeba moving around the town yeah. and we'd move from one house to another when the parents were at dinner and then these parents were going to a movie and we would just kind of go and go and go and like try to collect a little bit of booze from each parent's cabinet without them noticing right. and we'd end up with like the d- most disgusting mix of stuff in a water bottle that would Ew. make you throw up later and it was great it was great <laughs> <laughs> I love where I'm from. Like, I wouldn't live there again now, but Uh it was a really, it was a cool. Why why wouldn't you live there now? Um, I mean, you're busy, obviously. You're you're, you're working. I love it here, and I love where life has taken me. I don't think you always have to look back on something and think Mm -hmm. that you want to be there again. But you can look back on it and be like, that was perfect. Okay, been there, done that. The past is a nice place to visit, but you wouldn't want to live For there. sure. Yeah. yeah. And okay. my friends, like I said, you know, we still talk all the time and like see the, each but, other all the time. So it's like, okay. whatever. So there's no pollution or some kind of toxic spill or something. No, That's nothing like, like I can't that. Go back but there. the Ortega factory, I'm sure, well, is that really too. close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what happened when you went home with your first ticket? Well, that, I didn't go home. They had to come pick me up, but I got my <laughs> first drinking ticket with the chief of police daughter, who is one of my best friends. She's going to be a bridesmaid in my wedding. Uh-huh. And, uh, we got our first couple tickets together. It was really funny. Like, we had stopped in this park. Till this day, I still don't drink and drive. Mm-hmm. And so even then, I wouldn't. So we were drinking, and I had a big minivan that I drove. It was like, Is that your first car? Yeah, it was called The Beast. <laughs> and it was uh, a tan minivan. It was hideous. And it was so ugly that it was cool. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And we had some dudes driving it because I was like, well, if you guys want to drive us around, we're just going to drink in the back seat. And we pulled over to pee in a soccer park. Mm-hmm. Some cops had seen it all go down. And I was on one side of the building. My friend was on the other side of the building. And she comes running out and her pants are around her ankles, <laughs> like slow motion. She's like, no. And I had heard a rumor that if you put like money in your mouth, you wouldn't blow anything. Ew. Like if you put coins in your mouth. But- <gasps> 
What I didn't know is it meant like you had to put the penny or whatever it was like against the breathalyzer tube so that uh-huh. it, you'd blow around it. Oh, it's a mechanical so thing, not a chemical thing. It's a mechanical thing, thing ah. exactly. But I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't so know that I just had some coins in my. This is like when you had coins around. I don't uh-huh. even know where coins are anymore. But uh, <laughs> I just had shoved a bunch of them in oh my, my mouth. So he was like, "Blow!" And there's like five coins just rolling around in my teeth. And he's like, "What's in your mouth?" I'm like, "Nothing." It was bad. And then I got, uh, they had zip tied our hands and the whole thing was funny. It was like a, it was like a sitcom scene. Like we were in the middle of this children's soccer park, like it's this tiny soccer field for little people. And I had zip ties on my hands and my, my hands were so tiny. I got them out and I waved at my friend and she was like, gave me this like body language symbol like what do you think you can do now you know (laughs) so i put my hand back in and then i was like twisted and it was this whole thing and so when we had to call our parents we were like 16 i think it was embarrassing but my parents were pretty understanding like we weren't doing anything the thing is we weren't ever doing anything bad and we weren't we weren't ever doing drugs well, we really smoked pot, but I don't count that as a drug. Um, but yeah, so they we were probably just, don't either. We, I know we yeah. were we you were know, drinking beer, like it was like the it, most harmless, fun thing ever. It's it's like substance abuse prevention education for human beings. I think globally is such a tough sell because <clears> there's there's definitely an argument to be made. You know, kids shouldn't be doing this. You got to be careful. Yeah. But there are just so many stories and experiences that tend the, to go There's with a lot it. of fun things that come along with. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, like, it's really hard. Like, kids, don't do this. I, and then it's, there's equal amount of information. Like, but it's the funnest thing you'll probably do. I enjoyed I – and mean, I was a straight-A student, but I enjoyed drinking. And so that's why I was like, well, I'm just not going to keep doing volleyball because dance is outside of school. So if I get caught with a beer can in a picture, I'm not going to get fired from dance. <laughs> right. And so it was just, you know, that was my balance. That's awesome. <laughs> Shall we go to song number four? Sure. Four. Oh, wow. Harry Truman, Doris Day, Red China, Johnny Ray. Really? Yeah. Jam. It's a damn good jam. Yeah. I'm surprised you know the words. Huh? He goes so fast. I know. I used to know these words like in and out. It was always burning since the world's been turning. We didn't start the fire. No, we didn't. Well, we didn't. Billy Joel, huh? Uh huh. This Do you remember is like, the first time you heard this? Yes. And that's the story behind it. Get it. Um, <laughs> there was this girl that I grew up with that I was for really good friends with in grade school. Her name was Annie, and she was hilarious. And we would go to her house and do like these puppet shows and stuff, and like do. She was the first person that taught me how to do stop motion, cool, like, with a big video mm-hmm. camera, like how to like move dolls. Cool. So they, they would. Yeah. It was cool. We would do a lot of really cool like filming stuff and like whatever before we even knew that that would be a thing, a thing. one day. Her dad was a DJ. 
So oh, when he wasn't home, we would what go kind of a DJ like like a party records? DJ, okay. like Your straight up name? weddings and bat mitzvahs. No, I don't. But I know her brother's name. His name's Matt. Uh, oh, okay, that's another story. <laughs> I won't say their last name because I don't know. You know, I haven't seen them in a long time. But okay. um, she and I would go through his DJ book, and we found this song because. There is one line. So we would alternate singing the lines to the song. Uh-huh. But there was one line that has the words birth control and sex in it. So I would always sing just the right verse so that I would get that line. <laughs> <laughs> so we would sing it. And every time she'd be like, how do you always get that line? We'd like change off who started the song. Uh-huh. But I would always like jump cut her somewhere or like <laughs> add an extra sentence. So I would get that line because I wanted to be able to say birth control and sex. And it was such a good memory because, like, I just remember us playing all these games and, like, filming each other and doing sketches in her basement and then, like, having to go put on the Billy Joel song so we could sing sex. (laughs) 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 It just felt so naughty. Uh And it was, like, such a – it was so cool. (laughs) Yeah, so I just – this song, I just – every time I hear it, I just think of birth control sex. (laughs) That's amazing. Because it was, like, when we got to be, you know, dirty. <laughs> without like anyone knowing though. Right, exactly, without yeah. anybody knowing. And um I found this red duffel bag full of all these disposable cameras from like parties and stuff cuz oh I used gosh. to take yeah. disposable cameras and just hand them out to people and get them back at the end of the night. Uh-huh. And that's how I would remember like what parties were like. Like I thought <laughs> I thought forward and knew that I would want to have documentation eventually, even if it got me in trouble. Yeah. In mm. the time so I saved like all my old IM conversations on floppy disks and I say oh I God. took pictures of everything and I have all this stuff still and I'm like, how do I access it now? I have no idea. Oh my gosh. Like my whole life is on paper. Like I'll never get away with anything in my life because <laughs> I journal and write and document everything. Yeah. Do you ever have like a girlfriend that you would pass notes to? You would like fold? Yeah, we we could do some really cool foldings yeah. too back in the I wish I remembered how, but we used to the fold right. things like. Yeah, what was that thing where you put your fingers in? And that like, one I know. Give num- me a number. Yeah, I can still make those. I can still make that in the folding crane. Cool. But what. But what? yeah, you would like fold and it would be like tucked in and it would be like this weird box thing. And you're like, yes, yeah, they were so cool. And like me and my friend Ashley Sanis, who I also was hanging out with this past weekend, she and I had crafted the art of writing backwards. What? So we would write each other notes backwards, the le- the letters backwards from right to left. Mm-hmm. And then we would hold it up to the light and read it. I don't know why we would oh, do that, yeah, but yeah. we, not that anybody else couldn't do that, but we thought it was our own secret language and we would like write backwards notes and then you'd just read them like that. It was just like a crappy version of your own handwriting when you're yes. <laughs> oh like, what's the point? But we just loved doing it. That's, so That's nice. the point. I know. That's and I have all those point. letters like hiding somewhere too. Yeah. Same here. Fun to find. Mm-hmm. So that was Billy Joel. That was Billy Joel. And there's like two songs in between here that I wanted to be able to add to the list, but I know I couldn't. But there was an era in high school where we listened to the Eminem show and the Avril Lavigne CD like nonstop. And those are just a funny. It's like a funny disparity between the two. Like we were listening to Avril Lavigne like I'm with you. And then we'd be like, I'm cleaning out my closet. (laughs) We knew all the theories of both. Have you heard about this like Avril Lavigne conspiracy theory? No. That's been going on? No. People think that she died 10 years ago that she committed suicide. And now they're because she's kind of disappeared after like her. No, she's alive. I saw her 
that's what people think, but she looks different. Like her eyes are just a little bit different. Like she either got work done or it's a stand in. And so she wrote wow. all this music that hasn't been released. And so they want to re-release it. Oh, right? that just gave me the heebies. I know. The same thing with Paul McCartney. A lot of people don't think Paul McCartney is the original Paul McCartney. Do people not have anything better to do than to conspiracy theorize nope. about nope. Avril Lavigne? Like, Some don't. Come on, Many people. Don't. Go yeah. live your life. Like, go to Cancun or well, something. They, they made a whole podcast about <laughs> Richard Simmons. Yeah, that's what right. What happened to him. Yeah, so. what, yeah. What is it that gets us so riled up about the possibility that there's some sort of conspiracy or switch? And I mean, how do you conceal know. something like that? Like, I don't I don't know. We that have Ancestry.com you... now. You can just do Ancestry. <laughs> right? You can spit in this bottle and it's okay. It's April. Well, now you're going to Google the heck out of that later. I probably will. <laughs> you know, I, I pretend to be annoyed by it. And then later I'm just like, oh, my God, Avril, where'd you do? Why to shuffle? It can be for a lot of us. Certainly for me, that's that's my documentation. And God forbid I ever get dementia or something. I can't remember. And I should start writing stuff down because that's how I remember all of the events mm-hmm. of my life. <laughs> this is a quick segue. My senior year. One of my teachers, one of my writing teachers, he was my AP lit teacher, and he said I was like, he said I was one of the best writers he had seen in his like 20 years of teaching, which was really cool. We had had to like present something about Shakespeare, and I went to my friend Carly, and I was like, let's create an Eminem style uh, Dr. Dre, that guilty conscience rap out of Hamlet, and we did. We rewrote it in the same type of lyrical pattern. And we Beautiful. we did that for the class. We did Hamlet as guilty conscience because that's like essentially the yeah, same type of story. Totally. That's great. And he was like, this is the most amazing thing. It was like cool because we brought like rap into a lit class. Yeah. Teachers are awesome. And, and the teacher was so supportive. And he was like, this was amazing. Like, I can't. Believe, it like, do you mean like iambic pentameter or just in the beat in the beat? In the beat? No, we did okay, it in, so the, in, the, same... in the cadence that like Eminem, how he. Okay. I don't even know how to, you know, just the way that he flows is like, yeah. you know, it's it's not a certain pattern. No, I, make, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, you know, yeah. So we wrote it like that. I would love to find that rap too. That's yeah, cool. it was really cool. Yeah. Teachers rock. We're at five already. <laughs> Song number five. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome to this millennium, right? Finally. Yeah. Still old, though. This is yeah. still an old song now. This song came out when I first started in radio. That's and I was jealous because I was doing, like, what's called AC radio, where it was sleepy, sleepy Elton John, Celine Dion, mm-hmm. you know, like, 80s. It was mostly 80s, 70s, 80s. And I was like, I want to work in radio where I can play Rihanna. Um, and it wouldn't be until... This is like 2005, 2004? This is yeah. 2007. 2007. Yeah. Because... Yeah. I remember this from working with kids. Yeah. I know this from... I'll tell you guys why. <laughs> oh, that's... still have each other. You can stand under my umbrella. Under 
so fun. Mm. That doesn't even make any sense. I know. And I remember hearing it for the first time and being like, oh, this can be a song. I can do anything. I can I can literally rule the world. <laughs> but this She just song, ran out of words, that's all. Right. She was like, what rhymes with umbrella? Uh, the Ella. second half of the song over and over and over again. <laughs> This song came out when I was moving to Chicago to start my comedy life. Wow. I'd been living in Madison still, and I was driving back and forth to Chicago to do Second City mm-hmm. for like probably six, eight months before I decided to actually move to Chicago. Cool. So this song was like on the radio over and over All again when I was driving my like laptop and my blow up sleeping situation mm. to Chicago to move there. Chicago. It's just two hours, oh, I, but nothing. I would make that drive every weekend, back, every, round trip. That's different if and you're doing then, it every weekend. Yeah. yeah, and luckily I'd become really good friends with like a couple of the guys in my my class was on Sundays, so mm. I'd become friends with like these guys that would go out and watch football, and I would want to have drinks, and so they'd be like, "Well, you can crash on my couch this week, and you can crash on my couch cool. this week," and so cool. I had like people that would kind of put me up. That's cool. And then one of the guys from my Second City class, he found me my first apartment. It was in the same building he lived in. Yeah. So this is like a pivotal song. It was like it was like so hot, and it was happening when I moved to Chicago and decided to actually like, make that a. What were Transition. Yeah. The tan minivan still? No, that tan, that minivan had died. It had been in so many accidents in that thing. I'm surprised <laughs> it wasn't a tuna can. But I was driving a Mercury Sable, oh, nice. a green Mercury Sable. It was a, a gift, my, my great-grandma's old car. It was so ugly. <laughs> it was so ugly it wasn't worth naming. Could you imagine if that's how life actually worked? Like, just like, <laughs> it's a very ugly baby. Well, that, do- that dog is just, we couldn't name him. He just doesn't just fit anything. Take it home. I'll go, I'll go the dog. That's... God, when I was first, when I first moved to Chicago, I had gotten a job at this bar called Duffy's, which everybody that lives in Chicago knows of Duffy's. And I quit the next day because I was like, oh, this sucks. I hate all these douchey, like, sports Were you a bartender? <laughs> bartender? Cocktail server. Cocktail server? Okay. But I quit after one day. And it was right next to my house. So I uh-huh. still kept going there, which was kind of weird. Like, I had the shirt for, like, <laughs> cocktail servers. I will like, work here, but I, I'll buy here. Yeah, it's kind of what I said. I was like... I just didn't ever like working somewhere where I just really didn't like the clientele. And it was like douchey sports bar. Sorry, Duffy's. Uh, <laughs> but they, they know that. They cater to that audience. And so I had, I was really broke my first couple months. But I was just like, okay, maybe I can just live off what I've made to move here with. And I'll just like do my improv and just kind of focus for a little bit. Uh-huh. And I was really broke after like my first month. And I ended up going, I locked my keys in my in my Mercury Sable because I had a keypad for it and I got my hair wet and I went to this neighboring bar in a towel and I sat there all night and just told them that I was locked out of my apartment and they gave me free stuff. Oh my and that's God. how I use that to get <laughs> to be able to drink in Chicago with no money. I went and sat in a towel. Genius. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. That's yeah. nuts. Yeah. I mean, and I, it worked. I, you were the towel lady. Yeah. Yep. I just said one night. There was one one big night where I did that, and people still remember it. <laughs> your, your friends would like come by, or j- just you went out by yourself. I just went out by myself because it was right in, na- in the same neighborhood. <laughs> I was at yeah a bar called Yoxies, and they already knew me because I had moved into the neighborhood. Uh-huh. And I was like, I'm locked out of my place. I don't have my keys. I don't have my ID. I don't have my money. And they were like, That's okay. We'll take care of you. So I just like sat. And got chicken wings and a towel and uh, a pitcher a of beer hustle. You got a in my good towel. Hustle. <laughs> yeah. That is a great hustle. So that song kind of came full circle in that moment. I was like, yeah, under my Ella, Ella. 
<laughs> yeah. That, that, that's the launching pad song. You leaving. You yeah, know, that's why it felt like a good pivotal song. Absolutely. And I was, you know, there's been so many good songs since then. My playlist now is, you know, so different than all of this. But these are like good, you know, uh-huh. good like milestone pieces. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Yeah. You know, the stories so, of our lives. I really like those Fave Five. And just as a reminder to our listeners, too, we like to hear their stories. So we invite yeah. them in to write in either through Facebook. You can email with a song and a story behind that song. And then we'd like to feature a listener every week. So we encourage you to do that. But now it is time for a game we like to call Band or Bar. Yes, this is the original game show created here at Y-Tune Shuffle. Band or bar? Yes, Mm -hmm. where you and Maggie will play against one another for your favorite charity or for no reason whatsoever. How it works (laughs) is is that the previous guest of the show, since the inaugural sort of contest of band or bar, is this the name of a band or is this the name of a bar? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah, it is kind of fun. The person that that played first, we asked them, can you just pick a city somewhere in the world and next week's guest will have to – I'll research it. And, and so last week's guest, Marco Babino, chose Johannesburg, South Africa. Oh, beautiful. As the city. Okay? <laughs> and, um, and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to just – I'm going to read the name. And you'll just have to think about it and say, I think that's a band name or a- Can we both are we just going we just shout we'll out first? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. We we really haven't worked on the rules of the prizes or anything. Perfect. Like that. It's just it's still it's in, kind of in a product. nice little break and we've yeah. got yeah. more stuff for you. Heck so. Yeah. Okay. So if you're in Johannesburg, South Africa <laughs> and you might uh, hear Hush. Hush. H U S H. Would you know that to be a bar or a band? Hush. A band. That's tough. Wow, they, right out of the gate, you didn't hesitate at all. That's got to be a band because if Natasha, you Natasha, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I would say band. Hush is not a good name for a nightclub, and Johannesburg is pretty progressive. It is, but in this case, Hush, located at one sixty one Smuts up. Avenue, <laughs> serving great cocktails and a hip place for the locals. You got to be kidding me. Hush is a bar. Yeah, yeah, lame, lame. It really is. Okay. So is everybody quiet in there? Is it like the quiet is it like the library? library Hush. Do you know that's interesting? I wonder if hush translates somehow different in Swahili or something. You know, know, it's probably just like Yeah, but it's on Jan Smuts Ave. And they say there's great cocktails. So 160 Excellent. Jansman, Johannesburg. If I ever find myself in Johannesburg. Well, you know, these I'll days remember. you never know. How about Blue Bamboo? Blue Bamboo. And I'll give you a hint. It's spelled B-L-U space B-A-M space B-O-O like boo. Oh, that's a, that's a band. Blue Bamboo. Blue Bamboo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going musical on this I'm one. I'm going bar. You're going to go bar? Mm-hmm. And I say band. Okay. Well, Maggie does win this round. Blue Bamboo is a party band. Unequaled in Johannesburg. They're unequaled, and this is what their website said, for professionalism and musicianship. Okay. Band or bar. Cold product. Cold product? Cold product. K-O-L-D. Wall one word. K-O-L-D. Product. Cold product. Band. Band. Right? Yeah. Dedicated to positive change, all types of music fused together, and keep your eyes out for the upcoming record release from Cold Product. They are a band. Nice. Yeah, that sounded too nowny to be a... (laughs) a... (laughs) Nowny. Their latest record, Prepare to Rise, coming out in August of 2017. Cold Product, a Johannesburg-based band. Nice. How about Niche? Niche. 
Vanderbilt. Well, that's a bar. Yeah. You are correct. I if you're in Johannesburg yeah. at 2 Tyritt Ave in Rosebark, 2196 South. How meta to yeah. call yourself <laughs> niche. What a niche little place. Niche. <laughs> it's like calling niche. your bar hole in the wall. I know. <laughs> niche had a lot of positive reviews, uh, but I chose Anita Range. Um, and she said it's a very nice lounge with upmarket and classy patrons. Mm. Upmarket and Wee! classy. Mm. Now, do you consider yourselves upmarket? Upmarket? <laughs> I've never heard. I've never thought of myself in like a cost. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> upmarket. Up How about addiction? Addict. S H U N. Oh, that's addiction. hard. That yeah. could go any either way. That's why I picked I it. I think that's a bar. Addiction is a bar. Yeah. I'll go banned, You're just so go- we have. Okay, okay, we'll see. Well, Maggie plays this game a lot, and oh, she she's is good. correct. At 36 <laughs> Diamond Street, Johannesburg, 2000. And you walk in the door, and it's just all a bunch of junkies. like just <laughs> Addiction. I think oh, okay. it's like addiction. They you know, like, like that shuh sound in their bars, don't they? they? Like hush, niche, addiction. Really, yeah, oh, shh nice is a thread. very common, you know, that's interesting. It is a, it's a drum and bass and house music oriented Oh, uh, I would love bar. that. Yeah, it's at 36 Diamond Street. Tracy Chandler stated in her review, the music. <laughs> Are these Yelp reviews? Addictions, yes. <laughs> addiction, the music is ridiculously good. Ridiculous. It's ridiculously good. Dude, nothing gets me more than drums. Like, I love drums. Okay. Now, is this a band? I love that place. Or is it drum and bass? Yeah. Yeah. And that seems to be big. A lot of the ones that I research in Johannesburg, drum and bass. And it would make sense. Yeah. You know, I think influential and culturally speaking, for sure. Hell yeah. Is it a band or a bar when you hear Wonder Boom? Wonder Boom. I want that to be a bar. Like I want it. I want to go there. Wonder Boom. <laughs> but I, I think, feel like it's a band. I think so too. Well, you're both correct. Since 1997, they've been playing rock music. <gasps> Wonder Boom. Uh, and Wonder Boom are are uh, South African guys that look like they could be from. Um, Anaheim? They have uh, Mohawks? Uh, they do, yeah, and they drive small pickup trucks. <laughs> Their Shut interests up. include... Uh, I might have to get married in South Africa and have Wonder Boom play yeah, for me Wonder at, Boom. at a reception at Addiction. Since 1997. <laughs> this is their 20th anniversary. Like amazing. Their interests include making babies, tequila and Coke. Well, I'm thinking it's tequila and Coca-Cola, not tequila and... Well, Although you never white, lady. Um, <laughs> beer, the white lady, beer, <laughs> tattoos, animals, skydiving, and motorbikes. Wonder Boom can be heard on Gallo Records. They do sound like they're from Anaheim. Wonderboom. Yeah. Wonderboom. Wonder yeah, I think that's what I. And they like everything extreme. Like they're just uh-huh. the most extreme. They're wild. <laughs> they're a bunch of Steve. We're extreme. Thank yeah. you for playing Bander Bar. Thank you, one. man. That was fun. <laughs> good. <laughs> it makes me want to go to Johannesburg now. Right? Okay. Well, now the, the the important part for you. Natasha, is where are we going to go next week with next week's guest? It could be anywhere in the world. Ah. St. Yeah. Croix. St. Croix. St. Croix. Christianstead. Christianstead. St. Croix. Either Frederickstead or Christianstead, but okay. it's a place that I love. Oh, really? And yeah, I've Why? been there a well, bunch. Okay. You going to that well, honeymoon? Well, not a bunch, but um, I've been to St. Croix two times, but I've been to the Virgin Islands like three or four times. Oh, so you'd be a ringer for that game. Yeah. Yeah, you would know if people. So yeah, that's, and that's, that's what really I'll research. good names because it's also like very cultural. So the names will be really good. Okay. And they Christian have Carnival. Christianstead and Frederickstead are the two cities in St. Croix. Christianstead. But you can kind of just use the whole island as like your okay. city. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, St. Okay. Croix, U.S. Virgin Islands. Tune uh, in next week on mm-hmm. Y2 Shuffle and Vanderbar. We'll go to St. Croix.
in the yeah. Virgin Islands. I Thanks for bring... playing. Well, now that we've heard your fave five, can we move into 2017? And what is your guilty pleasure? What is something that you're kind of jamming on right now that if your friends found out, you'd be like, oh, <laughs> don't make fun of me for that. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Uh, where do I start? Well... <laughs> <laughs> Guilty pleasures, I guess I'm pretty vocal about all of them, so I don't really have anything that I'd be ashamed of. Um, you don't have to be ashamed, but... It can just, just be a guilty indulge. pleasure. Mm-hmm. But I love A Handmaid's Tale right now. Okay. And that's like what I live for Wednesdays. I'm like... <gasps> mm-hmm. But when I pick a show, I just kind of stick with that until I can't watch it anymore, like the season's over, and then I'll pick a new one. It's but, on Hulu, right? Yeah. One of our guests in our live show, Chris Fairbanks, was in that. Chris, I love Chris. Yeah, he yeah he he was actually made the cut. I just found out today. He wasn't sure whether this scene was going to make it. In. He he made it in the hand in Hamilton. This this last episode, yeah. No way. Yeah, he's in it. Chris, I love him as a human being. He's a great. Follow great. Chris Fairbanks. Funny, he's funny like guy. he's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Really unique yeah. and super super good guy. <laughs> he is. He he's was a PA the... on a film I did 22 years ago, and I saw him with Karen Kilgariff at the comedy. He's worked store. so hard and so long. Yeah, and I just went like I was like that kid is amazing. He's really super talented. And afterwards, he comes and goes, David Earl Waterman. I'm like, you know me? And he yeah, goes, I PA'd on that film pilot season. Oh, like, oh my god. Yeah, it was trippy. Yeah, I I adore him. He's he, great. Wonderful. Well, he's a wonder boom. Hi, Chris. You're wonder boom. Wonder boom. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, as far as I don't know, you mean music or just a life? Mm-hmm. Music? Oh, music! Um, it is a music podcast. <laughs> I know. I just <laughs> there. Kay Flay. I just went to her concert. I love her. I don't even know what you just said. Kay Flay. Kay yeah. Flay. Uh huh. And Broods. Uh, I love everything the Broods is putting out right now. I love anything by Ex Ambassadors. Yeah, I listen to a lot of kind of. I don't know. Just indie. Yeah, cool. indie stuff. Good for you. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Like and now we put you through the whole quiz show part of this. Yep. Thinking very hard, can you tell us the very first concert you attended and the story behind it? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, it was a Backstreet Boys concert. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> I was like a, a freshman in high school, I think. I went with my friend Nikki. In Madison? Uh huh. Yep, in Madison at the Coliseum. Just the two of you? Or did someone drop you off? Her mom came with us, and it was nosebleeds. But I remember it feeling like, I, and I was I was never really a fangirl. Like, I didn't ever have posters of boys. I had I had David in my locker because yeah. he was naked, yeah. and that was allowed because he was art. Um, <laughs> but I didn't ever have, I didn't really care about, like, I thought Sync was all right. I thought Backstreet Boys was all right, but the concert was actually really good. That's it awesome. was like really, you know, pyro and like crazy, fiery and cool. Was, was Nikki a super fan girl? Is that why? Um, kind of. None of none of us were like really fan girl out on anything. I mean, we liked stuff, but it wasn't like. Aah! It was like okay, cool. Let's go to that concert. <laughs> but and then what's funny is that the next concert I went to in Madison. Was the music as a weapon tour, which was Disturbed, Stone Sour, Flyleaf, and Nonpoint. Wow! So it was like the two most opposite yeah, no concerts kidding. possible that I went to back to back in that venue. <laughs> and the first one was Backstreet Boys. Yeah. Was there, did you smell weed at that concert? Oh, I don't think so. I don't even know what it would have smelled like at that point at in my life. Point. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. I mean, Wisconsin's known for its, like, dirt weed. Like, mm. even the stuff we smoked growing up was like, you got high for, like, 10 minutes, and then we would be like, wow! 
and then is it legal it now over. there wisconsin is, no they, i don't no? think so no? okay backstreet boys wow good Sasha, fun. this has been super fun what's your corner of the internet how do we find you on twitter and instagram at nph comedy just think neil patrick harris but i'm natasha <laughs> pearl hansen and that's how you'll remember it some people will follow me and they'll be like you're not neil and i'm like duh i know <laughs> Did you i'm not tr- picture? i'm not trying to be neil <laughs> but yeah and then uh I have two websites, natashapearlhanson.com, which is my older one, but it still has like some of my old blogs and stuff. And then my new one, which is nphcomedy.com. That's connected to all my online men's health magazine articles and like all that stuff. So you can find all that. Natasha, thank you so much for thank taking Thank you guys yours. for having me. This was really Thanks fun. Thanks for your five. Yeah. This was really fun. We it was fun shooting. having combos with you guys. You guys are awesome. Why tune shuffling? Do it. Do it.